Ever wondered how some of your favorite brands were created? This week, I want to recommend listening to Conversations of Inspiration. Hosted by Holly Tucker, MBE, founder of Not on the High Street and now Holly & Co., Conversations of Inspiration is a podcast packed full of advice and empowering stories from founders of some of the biggest brands in the UK. There are over 150 to choose from. Uncovering their highest highs and lowest lows, as well as a letter to their younger self, you'll also learn about their roads to success, as well as the blood, sweat and tears it's taken to get there. Whether you have your own business, dream of following your passion, or are in search of some life wisdom, this podcast is packed full of unmissable tips and advice shared firsthand by some of the world's most successful founders. Conversations of Inspiration is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to Walk Tall, a podcast brought to you by Carolina Herrera. Forging a career path is hard, and we all know that there's a confidence gap between men and women in business, especially for those just starting out. But what if you could learn from the women who have broken through challenged stereotypes and stepped into their power? Well, now you can. Following in the footsteps of Carolina herself, who over the last four decades has become one of the world's most distinguished fashion and beauty designers, this show will empower the next generation of women to reach their full potential in the workplace. We'll be inviting icons in their industries to share their tips, tricks, and takeaways for defining success on your terms. In other words, Think of this show as your personal, portable career coach. I'm Tony Tone, and in each episode, I'll tackle a different workplace challenge to help you find the confidence to walk tall. Hello, 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 everybody. So I'm Tony Tone, and I am hosting tonight... And we are all here for the finale episode of Walk Tall. And today's episode will focus on the power of potential. Finding it, living up to it, and embracing it wherever possible. So tonight, we will be introducing, sorry, two iconic guests. The first, Carly Kloss, supermodel, philanthropist, and brand ambassador for Carolina Herrera, as well as Carolina A. Herrera, the creative director of beauty and the daughter of Carolina Herrera herself. So welcome to the stage, our amazing guests. Don't they look fabulous? Well, back at you, Tony. (laughs) Thank you very much. So I'm sure you're all familiar with our guests, but I'm going to introduce them anyway. Carly, as you know, is a legendary supermodel. She has graced the cover of Vogue 43 times. (laughs) There's a lot of Vogue. So I've been working. (laughs) I'm tired. She also has a range of major contracts and endorsement deals under her belt, as well as being a brand ambassador for Carolina Herrera since the launch of Good Girl in 2016. She also has a change-making organization called Code with Clossy, which trains young women on coding and computer science, as well as a blossoming investment career in wellness and tech. And Carolina A. Herrera, as you all know, is the creative director of beauty and the house of Herrera Fragrances. She is the nose behind some of the brand's most iconic scents, including the scent I'm wearing today. 
Which one is that? Ooh, very good girl. <laughs> very good girl. Very good girl. Very good girl. Very good girl. Oh, I'm a very good girl. <laughs> and she has developed the complete good girl lineup as well as launching the bad boy collection. So round of applause again for our lovely guests. Thank well, thank you for having us and thank you all for being here. It's it's really special to I got to meet some of uh, our lovely guests here and hear about what they do. You just listed our accolades. And by the way, you're one to talk, Tony. <laughs> Thank you. Very accomplished yourself. But you know, we have in our audience doctors and lawyers and engineers and founders and designers. And it's just amazing. The, co- the community, the co- conversation that we're going to have and, and just how just impressed I am with this audience. I feel like I have as much to learn from you all as we have to share. So I, I really hope that it's a dialogue um, as well and, and just grateful that you're all here to share this moment. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. The audience is epic. And to get into it, I want to ask you both a question that I ask every guest. If you've listened to the podcast, you're familiar with this question. So take yourself back to childhood. And I'm going to ask you both. I'll start with you, Carly. Mm-hmm. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, easy. I wanted to be a doctor, specifically a pediatrician or a kindergarten teacher for so many reasons, um, mostly because I wanted to have a skill set that I could help people. And I just thought both of those jobs would be so fun. I could hang out with kids all day. And I have a feeling I know the answer to this, but when did that change for you? Honestly, not until long into my career. I still, you know, when I first started working as a model and working with Carolina Herrera in the house of Herrera, I was 15 years old, which is surreal in retrospect. But for the beginning of my career, I thought it was kind of this amazing, just double life that I got to have. But I, I almost felt like I was playing a character. But the real me was always going to go back to school and okay. become a teacher or a doctor. Um, and I figured out how to bring it all together, uh, which we'll get to. But that was my childhood dream. What about you, Carolina? I wanted to be a doctor. And oh. then I wanted to be a detective. Oh. Desperately wanted to be like That's so fabulous. Yes. I feel like there's a bit of a theme going on. We have two doctors. And I remember Katharina wanted to be a spy. Where is Katharina? You wanted to be a spy on the podcast. So I remember. Spy. <laughs> that so- I, had, I had a club called The Mysterious Boot. Oh, wow. I did. Oh, yes. I investigated little, you know, It's crimes. not too late. <laughs> and by the way. When did that change? Well, I still am quite interested in that. And then the, the, doc, the, the spying and the detective work, mm. I still do. And then the doctor part changed when I graduated from school. I actually did um, sciences. And then I suddenly veered towards working in film while I was um, studying for my MCATs and working at a lab in New York. But I always have that in me. Like you say, you always have yes. it in you. There's always something, you know, at one point I was like, well, maybe I'll study nursing because mm-hmm. I think I was too old to study to be a doctor right now. So I said, well, nursing could, you know, do. So I always mm-hmm. have that fantasy. So we're so- going to get into those pivots in a second mm-hmm. because I love that you had so many different ideas on your career journey. But before that, Carly, you mentioned that your career effectively started when you were 15 after being discovered at a local fashion show. What was it like to find yourself on a career path at such Mm. an early age? Uh, You know, it's funny. I, like I said, I had this double life. Imagine 15 years old. It was the exact same week that I started my freshman year of high school. So 
I was already overwhelmed and insecure and uncomfortable in my skin and unsure about this new chapter that I was embarking on of going into high school. And Monday, I started school. Friday, I I walked in New York Fashion Week for the first time. And overnight, it put me on the map in front of the most influential photographers, editors, designers. And I had a career over overnight and it happened so fast. Um, and I am so grateful for the way that it happened, but also so grateful I was able to kind of go back home and still have that sense of real grounding and normalcy. Um, and, and I felt like it was this, I, I don't know, this kind of amazing adventure I was on, but I didn't, I identify with it and think, okay. oh, this me on the runway is me, Carly, the person. It was like this character that I was playing on my weekends. And then I would go back home and, and sit in class and, and be my, my real self. And, um, you know, I think actually owning all parts of who I am and, and my, my love of learning and school, but also my love and, and appreciation for the industry that I get to work in of fashion you know, I think embracing all of that is when I actually felt like I finally found my true self. And, and I think I kind of fought that for a while. Do you think finding your true self enabled you to explore different industries? Because modeling isn't the only thing you do. What motivated you to try other things? Modeling is, is uh, the only reason why I stayed in modeling was because I realized that it could be a platform to do the things that I really loved. Okay. And that really felt like my sense of self and my sense of purpose. And, you know, back to kind of this dream of wanting to be a doctor or a teacher, I, 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 I love learning. I'm, I'm curious. And even though I was kind of traveling and couldn't go back to school full time, I always found ways to keep, I don't know, exploring new things. And, and that's what ultimately led me to coding and wanting to learn how to code. Um, and, and I, and I don't know, I'm still on that journey. I certainly am not done. I think I'm just at the beginning of of a new chapter. Um, so on the topic of exploring different things, I want to ask the audience, how many of you have considered exploring a different career path? Wow, it's like yes. 90%. Amazing. <laughs> 90% of I you. Okay, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Good. Yeah, that is yes. amazing. And you know what? You said something that I think I want to touch upon, which is grounding. Mm. I think you know, to explore curiosities, to explore different careers, to explore different things, we love is okay, but I think it's very important to be grounded, you know, either mm-hmm. by your family or by something that grounds you, whatever yeah. it is, you know, in your case, yes. you were young, 15, it was your family, which is the ideal. But I think grounding allows for exploration. Okay. Yes. You know, it doesn't let you veer and lose and lose your yourself. Yes. Also to add to that, I think that it can be dangerous to put too much of your sense of self in what you do yeah. or, or hope to get that out of what you do. I think for me, that that's very real. Um, you know, I think I really fought this tension within, you know, my modeling career at a certain point, I actually really almost resented it in a funny way. And it's really bizarre to say, because I have been so grateful for the, op- all the opportunities it's enabled me. I mean, I've been able to travel the world, but I think and, and do so much. But I think there was a real tipping point when I felt like I wasn't being my full authentic self. Mm. And I was too much trying to find that in what I do. And I, and, and I think that was a point of real, when I went back to school and when I 
realized, oh, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. I can do what I love through my job, but use it to actually tap into something that is, feels like a higher purpose and, and more meaning in it. Um, and, and, and that's part of what we're talking about here around duality. I mean, this, this conversation around good girl and Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Oh, no, no. It's all, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Feel free to jump ahead. You know, with so much of what we talk about, this fragrance and, and good girl is all about kind of, you know, being a good girl, but also embracing all parts of yourself. It's, you know, not so black and white, good and bad. It's actually like, I, you know, I think that in my own life, there are so many parts of who I am. And I think when you actually embrace all of that, I am a mother, I am a sister, I am a founder, I am a student, I am a model. I... That's where you, that's where I have found such a sense of power, and mm. I think when you just try and you know fit into one bucket, that that wasn't going to work for me. So one thing I wanted to ask you both was how to unlock your potential. But you both said amazing things already. So being grounded in your support network, in your community, and also having that sense of identity outside of just your career. I want to ask you a question, Carolina. So you're about to sit the MCATs, medical exams, for those that don't know, when you began working with fragrance in the house of Herrera. Could you tell us a bit more about that and that pivot? Absolutely. I was about, before I was, I started working in fragrance, which was an internship. It was a summer internship. You know, people usually ask, you have three sisters, why you? Why do you have the same name? Why do you work in perfumes? (laughs) And it was actually, I happened to be at home at that point when my mother asked me, listen, I'm doing this new fragrance and I need somebody to just, you know, give me a different view, like a younger person's view of New York City, because this was 212. And why don't you come into the office and be an intern for a while and help us research and help us do all this? And I was there that summer, but I was also working in film. So I was doing the studying for my MCATs, working in film as, as an actually um, delivering scripts on the bus in New York. I used to take the bus because yeah. we had no, the, the production had no money. I was working for the production. So during that time I would study and deliver the script, get back on the bus. And then my mother was, well, why don't you intern? And between the movie and the internship, I sort of, you know, veered. And I felt very guilty at first because I was like, you're, you're not going to be a doctor. You're going to work in movies and, and perfumes. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, and then slowly I realized that's okay. You know, you don't have to do these like higher than thou things just because they're that. If you have the vocation, which I thought I did, clearly I didn't, then it's okay to change, you know, to what makes you happier, what thrills you at that point. And I worked in film for a long time, probably 10 more years and I've been working in fragrance for 23 years. So, mm, so those are all very exciting career options. Being a doctor, working in film, working yeah. in beauty and fragrance. How did you know that beauty and fragrance was right for you? You know, it's something that was very slow to develop because I began as an intern. Then, okay. you know, it didn't, I, I'm here 23 years later, but having worked a lot, having learned a lot, having worked with amazing people that have taught me a lot, you know, and I work in groups. I don't work by myself. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think the honest answer is I couldn't live off documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a decision. I got married. I had three babies right away. 
And um, I said, well, I'm going to focus on this because it's easier to handle in my situation at that point. And um, I slowly have grown very passionate about it and I love it. And I love working with mystery and smells and memory and the senses and the intangible. And then with Carly. Yes. And we have um, a lot of fun. So I don't know, you know, life has this way of developing organically. Yeah. You you have to listen for clues and you have to listen to yourself and not mm. be scared of, you know, failing yourself or failing others or no, there's some, sometimes doors close and others open. So I wanted to add one more thing, which was fear, you know, mm. not try, let's, we have to not have fear, try and not have fear. Mm. It like opens opportunities and doors. You mentioned believing in yourself. And I think that's a really important point to touch on. How key is self-belief on your journey to really finding your career? I think it's it's very key, but it's also very difficult because mm-hmm. we all have insecurities. I mean, every day of our lives, oh, yeah. you know, as a mother, as a friend, as a wife, as a lover, as a worker, you know. So, but I think we have to sort of hold on to something that gives us that security yeah. to know that, to hold on to that, don't you think? I oh, mean, absolutely. Also, you had said before about this evolution that life is and, and embracing that as opposed to being fearful of change. Uh, you know, I think that um, makes me think of just how important it is and how much more interesting we all are when, you know, we have embrace our different life experiences and bring that to whatever it is we're working on or, or you know, being present in our lives and the stages that we're in. And it's not one linear path. Certainly hasn't been my experience. And I don't think yours either. And I think the most interesting lives aren't. And, and by the way, like, why do we have to put so much pressure on ourselves to have it all figured out and to get from, you know, A to Z as before anybody else? That's not the point of no, it. No, it isn't. You know, it's, it's, it, and it makes you ultimately better at whatever it is, wherever it is you're headed. I mean, think about all your life experiences in film, in sciences and in fashion and beauty. And, and it, it brings a more well-rounded perspective and that's something that I really focus on with our scholars at Code with Classy too, why I think it's so important to have diversity of thought at the table, specifically building technology that touches all of our lives. But that diversity of thought and diversity of life experience, I think leads to a much better end product of anything. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think <clears throat> one aspect is that nothing is always easy. There's always a little compromise, a little sacrifice. You know, I, I fell in love, but I also wanted to continue traveling the world, well, the world, Spain to do this documentary. But then, you know, you have to sort of sometimes stop doing something you really, really think that's all you want to do because you need to do something else for whatever reason, you know, and then it was the right decision looking Mm. back. And it was almost a decision that I took, but you know, there was something telling me you have to take that. There's, there's almost no other option. There, you know, there's sacrifices and there's things sometimes you miss that you wish you had done. I mean, nothing's ever like a perfect path. But I, I love that you say that. And I think that's also, I mean, I can only speak of my experience in this life as a woman, but I think that is unique. Maybe also the balance, the juggling act that we all feel to be, you know, who that who everybody else wants us to be is expecting us to be, but then also staying true to 
our authentic passions and, and dreams. And I think it's the juggling act of, and, you know, embracing the chapter that you're in. Right. And it's not always the, the, the best one, but even from that, you do get to the best one. Mm. You know, life is sometimes like this. And I think that's the beauty of it, not being scared to accept that. What I love about your answers is the realness of them. Often when you ask people about confidence and finding their power, um, we can get very generic responses. Mm. But I love the fact that you've both said that it's not always a straight road. There'll be ups and downs, that sometimes you're not going to feel your best. Sometimes you will have to compromise. And I think from the outside looking in, especially when we look at people who are so successful in their field, we can often think, it was easy, it was a straight road, mm. but you've both faced different challenges and you've realized that's part of, of the process. And I love the reality and the realness mm. of that. I don't think it's ever easy for anyone, yeah. for even somebody who is at the, the very, very top, because you're never realized, you never sit and think, I've done it all, now I can relax. I don't think that ever happens. Well, I don't think anyone in this room is wired that way. <laughs> From all the people I've spoken to tonight, they're real like change makers and, and yes. just like driven, inspiring people. And I think, I don't know, I think that's maybe a blessing and a curse in a way because yeah. it makes you always be thinking, how can I do more? How can I dream bigger? How can I work harder? And, you know, I, I think um, that I can speak from my own experience. I, also, you have to know your boundaries and, yeah. and when actually you do need to priorita prioritize yourself and whether that's literally just like your well-being or also yourself and like what's right for your family right. or for the, you know, your, your partnership. There's your stages in life There's always. Stages. There's and stages. choices and compromises that come with that. And, um, you know, I think that's life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good. Yeah. So let's talk about the Good Girl fragrance. So you both started working together in 2016 when Good Girl launched. That was Car such a lifetime but, ago. But I did know was, Carly when oh, she yeah, was 15. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Walking that runway when she was going yes. home for, during yes. the week to work. I know. Two, that was 2007, maybe 2008. I mean, was which was incredible. Wow. Yes. So you've had yes. a very long relationship. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. And I mean, she's always been, I have to say, and I always say it, I mean, she's, she's an incredible woman to work with because she is responsible, driven, wants to give back, generous. I mean, there's nothing I can say negative about. I'm sure there's I'm some negatives even, no, in no, there no, for no, sure. She's an amazing, I mean, really, <laughs> I mean, you. walk tall. She not only Thank walks you. tall, she is tall. She's everything. So I love She's that. literally, I mean, she, she gets to everything. She does everything. She, she, with the most, with a smile after she's traveled, you know, I don't know, four days, doesn't <laughs> complain. Oh my <laughs> God, we've been on so many sets together and so many different locations. It's been so fun. I mean, yeah, I it's that's very really fun. What it comes down to is actually like, we love what we get to do. And I think when, I think we can all relate to that. When you tap into that sense of flow and that sense of joy, like genuine joy, that gives you energy. Yes, I, I agree. But you also, you know, I think in life you have to, work hard. You know, I think sometimes is the harder I work, the more luck I have. Yeah. You know, I believe in that. It's, mm -hmm. and, and you're like sort of a perfect example of that because nothing in life is just falls on you. You know, I think yeah. you work hard and, and eventually you get more luck. I did want to ask actually why as a, as an ambassador, why 
Carly was the ultimate good girl, but you've kind of answered it. Like she's lovely, yeah. she's amazing, she's a philanthropist. Else. Yeah, and she's also that. very fun, and she's also I love that. I mean, also very tall, very tall, very tall. Whenever I have to do photographs, is my it's like my life motto. Like walk yes. tall. So it's I, for her. I guess I'm yeah. going to relay the question to you then, huh. Carly. What does good girl represent to you? I mean, I spoke about the duality before, but it really is. I think for me, being having the true privilege to be a part of Good Girl from the very beginning. Very beginning. There was something so special about it, even from the very first conversation that I heard about what Good Girl really stood for and what the story of this this message was about. It's so far beyond a, 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 just a fragrance or the beautiful bottle mm. or you know the, the advertising. What I believed, what I really feel like I am a part of, and I think everybody who, who you know, feels like and identifies as a good girl can kind of relate to this, but I think it's this just strength in this duality of embracing all of who we are and the good and the bad. There's many imperfections that I have that I feel like when you actually learn, I mean, all of us, but I think so many different parts of who I am that there's so much strength when you actually stand tall, walk mm. tall, own your space, own all the things that make you different because that is what makes you special. And to me, good girl is like, you know, she's doing all that and she's not taking herself too seriously. You know, the relationship we have with ourselves yeah. and, and really actually loving and respecting ourselves and all aspects, the good and the bad, you know, I think that is also such a sense of power. And it's not, doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I met a beautiful young woman tonight who's, I think she's 13 and she's tall and gorgeous and was feeling a little uncomfortable and being so tall. And I said, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but trust me, you will learn to love the things that make you different because that is what makes you so special. And that's where you find your power. That's so beautiful. Can we get a round of applause for that? Yeah. That's such yeah. a beautiful answer. <laughs> sweet. So I would love to pause for a second because we asked audience members to send some anonymous questions for mm. the both of you. And we have some questions. So I'm going to read three of them out now. Hopefully we have time for all three. The first question for both of you, I don't know who wants to answer first. How do you tackle self-doubt when it comes to big projects or new opportunities? You go first. Oh, I sometimes literally just let it flow out. Okay. You know what I mean? Sometimes I, I go to bed. I mean, this is going to sound very like energetic and whatnot, but I go to bed. <laughs> we're there. We're there, right? And I go to bed and I think, okay, you know, if I put my head on this, my head is going to tell me, don't because this will happen and this won't happen mm. and this, you know? So sometimes I just throw it out there and I'm like, okay, mm. go to bed and maybe dream it out or maybe let it sit and then wake up and then, you know, deal with it like that. But at the same time, I have learned to kind of have no fear mm. in, in, in that kind of stuff, you know, in those questions, because I always say, you know, a door closes, a door opens. Yes. So if you don't do it, then you're going to be, ah, oh, I didn't do it. So, you know, either way there's, there's mm. doubt. Mm. So I usually go for it. I love that. She you does. Know, with the consequences. Yeah. But I, I usually that. go for it. I love that. Have you always? 
or was there a turning point in your life? I think I'm I'm more fearless now, but I was Mm. always a bit like that. I I got in trouble. You know, when I was younger, it was the decisions I made were, you know, were were less big impactful was, do I sneak out tonight? Do I jump over the window or not? But the doubt was, do I do that or do do I lie and go out? It was more like that. And I always did it and I did get in trouble. But I think (laughs) that has translated into a sort of a more mature, normal doubt. But yes, I am, I've, I've, I've gotten better. One thing I really like about your answer is the emphasis on the fact that even in times that are very scary, the reality is that regret of not trying something Mm. is often stronger than the fear of of trying it. So Mm. I, I like that you said that because I'm the same. When I don't do something that regret hits me much harder than being afraid to do it yeah because you're like why was I why would I be scared I always ask myself why no oh interesting why why don't I want to do it is it because I'm scared of the result Mm. the judgment the this that it's going to be failure and then I think but what about the process yeah I have a similar thing I ask myself I say what would I do if I wasn't afraid and just think about it in an unemotional context and whether this is a big life decision or a trivial thing, but kind of asking almost from a third party perspective, like, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? And when you eliminate that fear factor, which can be so controlling and limiting, then you can think more logically. And, you know, kind of for me, it taps into like really my, my gut response, my, my honest response, not guided by just fears of, well, what if something goes wrong? Right. You know, and, what if and I do it wrong? What if I this? To, to your question about self-doubt, um, I don't know. I, I think we all, you know, have moments, good days, bad days. Yeah. I mean, I certainly do. And, and I think it's just like, for me, what I really try and do is focus on being as present as possible. Um, when I get in my head about something, if I'm getting overwhelmed and, and nervous about, I don't know, even sitting here talking on a stage in front of you all or, you know, on, a, on this podcast or um, walking on a runway or going on a big, you know, live TV interview or something. I definitely t- like get in my head and, oh my gosh, the things that, you know, if I'm just talking about things like Code with Classy, for instance, I'm like, I know that what I want to say better than anybody in the world. But then in that moment, I'm like, what am I... I have not, my tongue tied, you know, it's oh, that funny. happens all the time. Oh, I know yeah, it's so I get all the time. It's, I'm like, what's my name? I don't know. <laughs> it's the worst. But I think being, trying to center myself and be as grounded in what I can control in that moment, which mm. often is literally just being like there. taking deep breaths and just be here. And when you operate from that place, you are so much better positioned to just actually you know, be your best self as opposed to getting stuck in your head. And it's a waste of energy. Sometimes our head is our worst, yes. our worst enemies. It really is. For sure. Sometimes you have to tap right here, which is difficult when yeah. you're like in the, in the thick of it. That's yeah. when you're present. It's yeah. in theory, it all sounds, I mean, in practice, you know, yeah. it's difficult in theory. Yeah. It sounds easier. So the next question is one specifically for Carly. What's a memorable career experience? career experience where you stepped into your power, you felt Mm. that you stepped into your power? Well, I I remember vividly the first Carolina Herrera runway show that I walked because it was the first runway show in New York Fashion Week or anywhere in the world where I had the privilege to open the show. 
which in model terms is like, you know, winning the lottery. Like it's (laughs) such a privilege and honor that the designer is giving you as a model to really make a statement to the whole world. This, you know, Carly wearing this beautiful look is the message that we are really sending for this Mm. collection. And for me, I I don't know, I I took it like such an incredible um, honor and sense of responsibility to kind of step out and start the runway on the right tone. And I don't know, it sounds so trivial, but like at the time it felt like, I don't know, it felt like a huge responsibility. And I, I, you know, I think in that moment, looking around the lineup, standing in line, this is 2007, I'm 15 years old. And there are like iconic models who are, you know, much more established in their career who are standing behind me in the line. And it just was this moment of, oh my gosh, total imposter syndrome. I'm like, what am I doing here? (laughs) How did I get in this place? And then just kind of turning it on and saying, all right, I'm going to own it. And I think for me, I was able to do that because I disassociated it from my actual self. I took on, and you know, I think Beyonce always says she has her Sasha Fierce. It was my own version of my Sasha Fierce of like, okay, if I, I can do this and embrace it and get out of my head if I am thinking of it like a performance. And now I feel like I am, I don't know, able to turn, turn that on and own that even in um, my real skin, not my Sasha Pierce. Do you, I, w- I was going to be nosy. Does your alter ego have a name? No, okay. but maybe I, she needs a name. <laughs> I need to come up with her. Yeah, you should name her. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you should have a few. Yeah, I definitely have a few. Oh, good. For sure. They just don't have names. <laughs> right. Caroline, do you have an alter ego? I do. Mine is, yes, it doesn't have a name, mm-hmm. but I sort of do the same thing. Like yeah. if I have to do an interview or if I have to do something that takes me a little bit out of my comfort zone, I do that. I say, I am seeing myself. I'm somebody else. You know, don't worry. Don't be ashamed. Don't have shame. You know, it's usually because we're embarrassed of what others will say. Mm. It's, it's really usually a judgment thing. Totally. And when you're what, right? And when you're watching somebody do something, you're never judging them. You're yeah. never even looking at the details that when you're on, on here, yeah. you know, you think people are looking at. So yeah. it's mostly getting over that aspect. So I do do that. I, I'm like, okay, you're somebody else and you're yeah. this. And I give them all the yeah. qualities I want to have when I don't. And then I do it great. It's this funny thing because I'm sitting here thinking, well, you know, for me, it's like, I feel like I, it's oftentimes just fake it till you make it. And then I'm thinking, well, there's doctors in the room. I'm like, <laughs> they really yeah, should. Please don't, don't fake it like, till you make it. Not fake it, please. <laughs> um, they're, they're so smart. They don't need to fake it. But just the idea of tapping into that confidence. I think that when we're talking about self-doubt, that's this shift this, th- th- that, that you control and you only mm. can change between your own two ears of how you are tapping into that confidence and that self-knowing that you know, if you're a doctor, you're about to perform a surgery. I'm sure you've studied for that for many, many, many years. So like in that moment, what the only difference is, is like walking into that, I can imagine (laughs) with confidence, um, or, or whatever it is you're facing. And so I think that confidence shift when you realize that you are the only one that can control that. And by the way, you can't let how others are seeing you or judging you or that you're judging yourself. You can't allow that to get in the way. And paralyze you. And and paralyze you. It usually is. I mean, I I see it with my children. My, you know, I have a 17 year old and I see it and a 13 year old and a 16 year old and I see it with them and I recognize it. Yeah. You know, it's something that we're wired 
from very little. And we have to sort of be aware of that. I have heard the saying. So although people say fake it till you make it, yeah. have you ever heard faith it till you make it? Oh, I love because that. Because that relates to doctors as Ooh, well. Like have faith I in like your that. ability and yes. believe in your skill till you get to that point. Oh, I'm going to so adopt think, that. Yeah. Let's great. use that one. Yeah. Faith I like that. I wish it. I knew who said it so I could give them credit, but I have no idea who said that. But faith it till you make it, guys. I like that. It feels very Oprah. I feel like Oprah. It does, <laughs> it does feel very yeah. Oprah. I agree. I love that. So let's jump back into the interview. So... You're working on Good Girl, you're in the thick of your modeling career, and then you start Code with Clossy. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the audience and the listeners a bit more about the organization and your pivot from fashion? Yeah, thank you. Well, Carolina Herrera and everyone at Pooch have been incredibly supportive of the work that we do at Code with Clossy and have been since day one, and I am so grateful for that. Um, Code with Clossy is an organization that is now international, and we teach young women and gender nonconforming individuals how to code. And it is so much more than that. But the, the, the kind of meat and potatoes of it is that we teach young women really technical skills that unlock so much potential within themselves. And that is AI and machine learning, data science. We have a curriculum we teach, uh, web development and mobile app development. So all that to say, kind of teaching this next generation of young minds how to understand how to learn these technical skills and apply them to areas that they're deeply passionate about, of which, you know, many of them have creative passions, whether it's music or fashion or, or beauty or entrepreneurial ideas or mm-hmm. social impact. So what really started as this singular kind of purpose, and, and the reason I started this was my own experience. I told you guys that I you know, since I'm 15 years old, have been on this wild ride of this career and always have loved going learning. And so I went back to school and I, stu- I, I did this coding boot camp, uh, and it really taught me kind of high level, the, the front end and back end of how something is built, both a website, but then also that how something could be built or could be programmed. And, and it really came down to a language the same way probably everyone in this room no, yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys are all European and very sophisticated. So you probably speak multiple <laughs> languages, um, but it's like a language like anything else. And so what I realized though, was how wide the impact of, you know, the fact that only certain people knew this language and how that impacted all of us. You know, I, I was meeting so many founders uh, and, you know, I think the fashion industry is such this interesting thread. I feel like I've been able through my career to meet so many people from different, so many different industries, but I was meeting a lot of male founders in technology who all really kind of had the same, they were all kind of in their mid thirties and they were primarily white and they were, you know, kind of this white male perspective. And I thought, oh, interesting. They are building companies and, and, and products that are transforming all of our lives, transforming industries in real time. But imagine the possible ideas that could come to be if we had more diversity of thought, creating this technology of our future. And you know, imagine somebody like myself or somebody, you know, who shares these passions around fashion and understands the industry and, and how to solve problems using technology and imagine the, the potential that that could unlock. And that was this kind of aha moment for me of, oh, I don't need to leave modeling entirely. Yes. I can actually use my platform, which at the time I had millions of primarily young women following me on social media. And I thought, what can I do to point them in the direction of realizing this for themselves? realizing that if they can access these skills, it can unlock so many doors for them. And I wanted to 
create those pathways. And that's what we do at Code with Classy. That is fabulous. And you mentioned how supportive Carolina Herrera have been with the entire project. Yes. I'm going to ask you, Carolina, why do you think Code with Classy is so important? Well, <clears throat> this summer I was actually saw the projects. We had a, gradu- a graduating camp yes. at the offices and uh, I was there and I saw these um, young minds at work and we had lunch and they presented their projects. And I was so impressed, not just by the projects, which they created mm-hmm. in two weeks, by them, by how that experience had transformed them, had given them security, had given them knowledge, mm-hmm. had given them power to like think, I can do anything. Because mm-hmm. I mean, some of them, you know, said, I'm going to join this, not because they loved, loved coding. They were interested in the idea of doing something different. Yes. They were inter- they had curiosity about this language, yes. you know, that is becoming more and more present. And they had the opportunity via Code with Classy to do this. And who I met, you know, whom I met, these incredible minds who presented their projects with such poise and knowledge and ease. And when we had lunch, they all, you know, were saying where they went to school, where they wanted to go to school, how amazing they felt after doing this. It really was about empowerment. I mean, they, I think they went in one way and came out the other with this knowledge that they didn't think before they had, or that they could bring out. And it was truly amazing. I mean, I loved, I loved going there. Thank you. It was really, it was brilliant. It was uh, incredible. But that it makes me want to do it. Oh, well, come anytime. <laughs> I think I'm too late. It's never too late. But I, you know, I think Carolina, even your presence in that camp and seeing, having our scholars be able to present their projects to you, that has such power. I think this idea of feeling seen is is a really important one that is is really also what at the core of what we're doing. It's not just teaching technical skills, but it's creating this community where you feel safe and seen and you can, you know, uh, realize your full potential. And you know, I think this word that we throw around of kind of empowerment, that is and again talking about the relationship with ourself and tapping into realizing your own potential, I think is the most important part of, I don't know, tap, it, nobody can do it for you. You have to, right. to see that it's within you, but, but you don't do that alone. You don't get there alone. No. It's a, it's a process of, I think also, you know, feeling seen. Feeling. And they were giving the tools and then they exposed and yes. they all did different. There were like groups of three or four and there were many different websites that they created oh, yeah. with different, you know, different, uh, some were, you know, social problems, some were religious things, yes. some were just pure fashion and, and, um, there were some tech ones. I mean, it was incredible. It was so fun. And to see them present was incredible. Thank All you. very different minds. I have to say were there. Thank you. That means a lot. It's really, you know, it's crazy because, uh, it, I started, went back to school, learned myself and wanted to just start with a 20 person scholarship, did not plan on starting an education nonprofit was not at all qualified to do so, but I put it out on social media and the reaction that I got actually was really interesting. A lot of people, of course, were like, who is this fashion model who thinks that she, you know, can, can code and also like teach other girls to code. There was so much, 
um, th- there was so much negativity and, and actually that fueled me mm. and, you know, we've, we've bootstrapped it and really built this organization really in partnership with, you know, the companies that I feel so proud to feel aligned in the values that we share. And Carolina Herrera for, you know, since the inception has really been a part of it. And we've grown, especially during the pandemic, we were forced to go virtual. So we run in-person camps and they're two week long camps and we train teachers and we build curriculum but we also now have a virtual offering where we've been able to have thousands of scholars from around the world, a hundred wow. different countries around the world, uh, go through our program. And so now we have 12,000 young people who are in our community um, and we're really proud of them. And they are the future. Just wait. They're going to, wow, I'm amazing. excited for what they're going to build. <laughs> I believe Thank you. Thank you. So feeding back into your answers, Carolina, you said that when you met the scholars, they had a real self-belief that they can do anything. And Carly, you mentioned that even with the negative feedback, that fueled you. Mm. So I want to branch into unlimited thinking. So the belief that you can do anything you want to do, providing you do not limit yourself. Is that something you relate to in your careers? Uh, absolutely. But, and I think, you know, something you said as well is the community. You know, you have to have, you don't have to have, but it's very nice to have a community of people that supports you. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, and I think it unlimited potential, unlimited thinking, unlimited mind, unlimited anything. The word unlimited, I love. Yeah. Because I think it's a word that is positive and I think it's a word that challenges you, mm. you know, to go further and further. And I think, yes, I can relate to that because yeah. I always want to go there, that extra leap. <laughs> but it's always nice to be able to, you know, have somebody that has gone through it or going through it with you mm. to tap along. Well, we're both one of four daughters, yes. right? We both yes. come from big families and lots of girls. And I think Part of that maybe is why I always felt really competitive with the boys. I was like, well, there's nothing that they can do that I can't do. Um, And I I don't know if I got that from probably because my parents empowered me to feel that way. They they both, you know, saw whether it's athletics or school. I mean, I am six foot two, so maybe I could really (laughs) keep up with the boys because I'm so bigger than them. But, um, you know, I think that the there is something that it is so much about just having that support around you, it doesn't happen on its own. Um, but I, I definitely, yeah, I, I feel grateful that we both kind of that unlimited mindset. And I think it really, that is what it's it, good, it comes down to kind well, of, it's a dreamer's quality as well. It doesn't, you know, it's sort yeah. of, you, you dream it, it, it can almost, there's no limit to it, you know? And I think, um, I think the seed can come from within you alone but I think the realization of that, the growth of that yeah. is, is sort of an energetic community effort. You have both done amazing in your careers and in your journey. But for the people watching and listening, what advice would you give to women who want to be taken seriously in their careers but feel like, similarly to you at the start mm. of Code with Classy, people weren't taking you seriously? Yeah. What advice would you give to them? Well, one piece of advice I would say is to listen to all of the episodes of this podcast. <laughs> yes, that's good. Please there talk. are incredible people <laughs> featured on this podcast, including many of whom are in this room, uh, just change makers and Olympians and just amazing, incredible people. Um, so take their advice. Um, but I think that, you know, 
whenever I feel doubted or doubt myself, I think I try to rem- like focus on channeling that energy into honing my craft, getting better, like doing what it takes to instead of beat myself up and feel bad because maybe I'm, you know, not not as good as somebody else at something, actually that using that competitive drive as opposed to in a negative sense, actually using it, I, I try to channel it in a way that's going to push me to make me better and focus um, on and whether that's also just taking care of myself too. I think that balance, um, whether it's taking that kind of anxious energy and going for a run or taking, you know, continuing to build on my skills, you know, when everybody doubted me around coding, that certainly wasn't pu- um, pushing me away from it. It made me want to be even more competitive and, and focus more and get more serious about it. So how you, how you let other people affect how you feel about yourself is entirely up to you. And I would say, don't let them. Cause it would, it will always happen. I mean, people are always going to judge. They're always not everybody, but a few will say you're not good enough. You can't. So it's how it's your reaction to that, that matters, you yes. know? So for me, courage is a big word and I love that courage comes from cur, cur, which is the heart. French heart, yes. you know? So it's like, it's from the heart. So have courage, which comes from the heart and make yourself better at whatever it is. Somebody's telling you no, but trust courage, trust, and control in a way. Cause you know, you can't react to everything, all the, all the negative things people will pull on you. Like you, yes. you can't do it. She's a model. She doesn't know what she's doing. Yes. So instead of reacting to that, just knowing that you can, if you had it in you, you can. Courage, trust, and control. Self, it's sort of control of you, of you. Don't have, don't let anybody else control you. Yeah, it's almost like putting a shield. You know, I yeah. think this idea of um, that, that like not letting that negative, those negative voices, which are either, <laughs> excuse me, coming from yes. outside or from within. They're, I think mostly they're ours. You yeah. know, I think that's the thing to touch on, especially you know, I don't know if women are unique to this. We have some men in the room too. How anybody feels, um, if <laughs> excuse me, that negative self doubt and self-limitation actually can be much more harmful even and much more powerful than what anybody out there can say. What any news headline says, you know, uh, doubting me or any person on social media, I think, you know, being able to control and, you know, be... It's an ongoing conversation with that inner voice, isn't it? (laughs) It is never-ending and it's not always successful. Yeah, I mean that, you know, having courage and having control and having faith or having, <coughs> um, what was the third, uh, the other oh, one I said? Trust. You said trust. And trust doesn't mean that it's, everything's going to be perfect. Yes. But it's just the beginning of that journey, which will help, hopefully. Wonderful. You mentioned feeling motivated. And when you were giving your answers, I was like, yes, trust, control. I can relate to that. But another thing, this is probably a little negative, but another thing I can relate to is just being very petty. I'm someone that loves proving people wrong. Totally. So when someone doesn't believe in me, I'm like, yes. That's the fuel I need yes. to prove you wrong. Well, that's, so. that's what you did. That's good. We <laughs> all true. have that. I mean, me too. Yes, yeah, I can definitely Especially when that. you have three sisters. Yeah, yeah you want to do that a lot as well. <laughs> And we have more audience questions. We also have a game to play. But before we get to that, 
I want to ask you both, what is next for you? Oh boy, I have a lot on my plate right now that I am very excited about. Um, one, you know, continuing to scale and grow the work that we're doing with Code of Classy, keep kind of reaching our, our scholars in deeper ways along the pipeline. So how to support them with mentorship and scholarship opportunities, internships and, and future jobs, um, because that I believe is a huge part of really changing the paradigm. And, and you know, right now, to the point of kind of technology companies that need to have that diversity of thought at their table literally can't hire and hire that representation because there isn't talent that that, that is equipped with these skills. And so that's, you know, that we have, we have lots of work to do on growing our, our impact, um, which we're going to do together. Um, but then also I'm really excited about just, you know, this kind of intersection of technology and fashion and the exciting things happening at, at that in, in that space, including I walked off the runway this month at, in New York Fashion Week at Carolina Herrera, and I wore this gorgeous yellow gown. And the, the minute that we walked off the, that I walked off the runway, it was purchasable on Roblox and for a limited kind of time. And so we sold it. I'm telling you all the details here, but I'm very proud of it. Um, we sold it for 500 Robux and it's now trading for 5,000 US dollars. Wow. So that's basically $5 and it's now trading up to $5,000. In the and metaverse. It's, it's this digital dress and it's wow. kind of this idea of digital fashion and kind of this metaverse and this this really interesting relationship that I believe will only become much deeper and more symbiotic, the relationship between physical and digital and, you know, gaming right now is an interesting space where that's taking place. But um, I think there's so much more to do. So you talked about kind of investing. And I, I do invest in interesting companies that are kind of at the intersection of solving for and building that, that future. Um, and then also, I mean, I love to invest in interesting kind of better for you, better for the planet ideas. Love especially a female-founded company. Um, so there's a lot of companies I'm involved in in that capacity. And I love being a mom. I have a little guy at home and I love just, you know, experiencing the magic of every day with him. That's beautiful. Yeah. And Carolina, what about you? What's up next? A lot of fun projects. Either, you know, there's with Carolina Herrera, new, new products, but as well new projects involving social change, digital change, um, world change or sustainability, you know, trying to veer the company towards more in yes. that direction and learning. I love learning. So I'm, I'm an eternal student. Same. So I'm always, Should you know, between school? work. I'm, I always, I, I do. Again. I've been, <laughs> I wish I could. And, um, and I do, I take classes and I'm constantly learning to see how I can apply it to work or to other projects I have outside of work. I think so. there's real value in your answers because they really highlight versatility. I think sometimes we can often think, oh, it's bad to be a jack of all trades and you have to focus on one thing and hone in on one thing. But you truly are testaments to exploring different options and not limiting yourself and having that unlimited thinking. So thank you for being examples of that. Well, back at you. <laughs> so we've got more audience questions. The first, oh, we've kind of answered the first. Have you ever been underestimated in your career? But I think I want to open that a bit more. So aside from obviously Code with yeah. Classy, um, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you both. I'll start with you, Carly. Have you ever been underestimated outside of starting Code with Classy? 
Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, I think, like I said, I, I think I underestimated myself for okay. a really long time. I think that was the more, the, the, the more, like I said, kind of powerful and dangerous, um, you know, estim- underestimation of, of your power. I think for a long time, I felt like almost to, to a point that I was just lucky and that, you know, and, and this career was taking off and it was like purely just luck. And I was just this like in the right place at the right time, but it actually wasn't me. It wasn't my, what I was bringing to the table or who I was. I just was like in the right place at the right time. And I think to a certain extent, that's, that is good. It's good to kind of not get a big head, but I also think there's a healthy relationship with actually also knowing your worth and knowing that, you know, I work really hard and I try to bring all of what I can to whatever it is that I'm doing. And I, and it did, doesn't matter if I was going to be a model or a doctor or a kindergarten teacher, that is always the, you know, w- the way that I was going to show up or hope to show, show up in life. So I think, I think it's actually just getting over my own, uh, underestimating myself. That okay. was most important. So now to a really fun part of the pods. I'm sure you guys are familiar with this. We have quick fire questions for you. I get very nervous. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So I'm going to ask you some questions. I have two separate sets oh, of I cards. So Carolina, we'll start with you. Okay. And you need to answer as quickly as possible within one minute. We'll be oh keeping God. time I feel as like well. this I is a game show. I think we need some show. cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the time in the I night where we all do tequila <laughs> shots. <laughs> I feel I'm in a game show. Yeah. It, it does feel like a game I show, but it's fun. It's very fun. We're okay. with a price up here, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so can I get a sign to start? When are we good to go? And good. Biggest career risk? Um, acting. First job? Rolling Stone. Feeling empowered is? Um, security. You feel most confident when? I'm with my children. Best career advice ever? Uh, trust yourself. Best career moment so far? Uh, good girl. Your dream mentor is? Cleopatra. Favorite work snack? Uh, oh, nuts. Oh, well done. Okay, what are we oh for time? God. Which is not. But <laughs> <laughs> oh I couldn't God. think of anything okay, else. Okay, you did it within amazing. one minute. You did well it within done. one minute. That's great. <laughs> so you said nuts aren't your favorite work snack. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the best thing you thought. What I is your favorite work snack? I, 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 popcorn. Popcorn, okay. But okay. that just didn't come out. I do love I lied. <laughs> oh my God, you're so good at that. I'm so slow. I'm so bad at these fast I've games. I've seen so like, many of these uh, shows. You'd be surprised though. When you get into it, you'll be able to answer quickly. Okay. Okay. You ready? Are you ready, Okay, Carly? okay. Favorite work song? Oh, anything Beyonce. In five years, you'd like to be? Uh, ooh, um, just happy, healthy, and doing what I love. One thing you wish you'd known at the start of your career? that it was not going to end in six months, that it would keep going for 15 years and then and beyond. Worst career advice ever? Oh, um, just models should be seen and not heard. You feel most engaged when? Um, when I am being my authentic self. Biggest motivator? My, I think, I think my mom, like wanting to make her proud. Success is? Um, success is going to bed at night, feeling so happy, so tired and so excited to do it again the next day. You feel most drained when? When I am not being true to myself. 
I love that. Can we get a round of applause? That was good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. Thank you all for being here. Yes. So special. Thank you both for sharing all that you shared. Your answers were amazing. And I have no doubt that our listeners are going to get so much from our finale episode. Thank you to our audience as well for attending. You've been amazing. And I'm impressed by how quiet all of I know. you know. Very considerate. You are all amazing. I can't believe you all just sat here with us for the past <laughs> hour and also, you know, have been standing outside and being here. I, I, it's so special to share this moment. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for being here. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in. All that I please ask is that you rate and review the pod if you enjoyed it. Tell your friends, tell your uncle, tell your sister, tell everybody you enjoyed it, please. And finally, to end this amazing evening, I've just got a call to action, and that is to apply to the Carolina Herrera Collective. The collective is in collaboration with She Almighty, and it's a bespoke 12-month group coaching program designed to kickstart your career and you also have the opportunity to meet like-minded women who also want to do the same thing if you're thinking of applying then head over to the website which is shealmighty.com forward slash carolina herrera collective thank you so much thank you thank you thank And so now I guess you guys all have an opportunity to mingle, yes, have some to, drinks, talk to each other. Get to know the interesting people you're sitting next to because they're amazing, <laughs> all of you. Thank you. Thank so you. Nice. A quick one from me to tell you about a show that I think you'll really enjoy. If, like me, you're fascinated by incredible founders and what drives them to succeed, then you should check out the Secret Leaders podcast. The podcast explores the highs, lows, and learnings from the people who've built businesses like Monzo, Slack, and LastMinute.com. I think you'll love Secret Leaders. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.